This is Health First Talks, where we share information to help the healthcare community meet the daily challenges of medical emergency readiness, patient safety, and compliance. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining the Health First podcast. We are so happy to have Dr. Scott Cohen and Dr. Fiona Collins with us today talking about shining a light on UV disinfection. In this podcast, we will be talking about types of UV technology. We will discuss how UV is effective in air and on surfaces and what microorganisms it inactivates, how it works in a close environment, including safety concerns around dosage levels, different options available and advantages of UV technology. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Scott Cohen. He is a practicing physician at Bassett Healthcare Network and Dr. Fiona Collins is an infection prevention expert. Fiona, I'll hand it over to you. Thank you, Marcy. Well, it's great to be with you. And uh, we'd like to begin by just briefly talking about some other technologies uh, that if you joined us last time, you would have uh, heard about. So we had talked about adjunctive devices and some of the ones we were looking at uh, were HEPA filtration, uh, which of course many offices now have, particularly since the pandemic occurred. Uh, we also looked at other methods that combine filtration with a method of killing uh, microbes in the devices, in the air, and in one case also on surfaces. Well, one of the other options that we didn't discuss last time, but we're certainly going to address now, is UVC light. It's also an adjunctive technology, uh, so it's not intended, instead of following the CDC recommendations and guidance, it's intended as an additional step should you choose to do so. The types of UV light are, uh, that exist are UVA and UVB. Those are higher short wavelength and lower energy than UVC. UVC light is short wavelength light in the 200 to 280 nanometer range. Now it's effective uh, and it's been shown to be effective for many years uh, for germicidal efficacy in water, in the air and for non-porous surfaces with direct exposure. And Scott, I know you have some examples uh, in real life, in everyday life uh, that you'd like to mention. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Fiona. And thank you all again for joining us. Uh, you know, UVC can be either in a closed system or an open system. And as Fiona mentioned, actually, I have some personal experience with researching this as, you know, I live in a house uh, where we have well water. And one of the options for uh, water disinfection was a closed UVC unit you know, where there's a big light and a kind of a, a cistern that kills off, um, you know, bacteria and others. But, you know, there's also in unshielded forms uh, where, you know, it's used for decontamination. Also some experience with that in hospitals where oftentimes there are these large non-continuous high output light sources, UV sources, where, you know, patients are, are discharged, they're moved out of the room, um, the light is moved in and you know, the, the dwell time, the amount of time needed to expose surfaces um, is probably on the order of 10 to 30 minutes, typically for this high intensity UV light and the decontamination is quite thorough. One thing we do find, you know, just some kind of pitfalls is you have to be very careful of shadows. So typically what happens is there's two cycles, one, you know, one direction, one in the other, sometimes even more to make sure those uh, shadows are, uh, you know, are not, um, you know, are, are treated. Um, and one thing, you know, I think we have to think about when we're talking about this is, you know, there's safety here because, 
you really can't be exposed to UVC in this high intensity fashion. So these big units that are rolled in, do a high intensity you know, decontamination, you cannot be in a room. It, it really can hurt eyes and skin, uh, as you might imagine. And low intensity, you know, we think is safer. Um, so that could be something that could be used on a uh, you know, more continuous basis. So Fiona, I think you wanted to talk about some of the options on you know, what types of devices there are out there. Yes, there are, there are several types of devices. And again, if we think about the technology itself, it's, it's been around for many decades. It's been used, it's currently used, in fact, uh, to decontaminate colostrum uh, for calves. And it's also used in hospital milk. So there are actually many uses. And if you think about travel, if you've ever gone to areas where you wanted to disinfect or decontaminate your water, one of the methods is almost looks like a straw. Um, and it's a little device that produces UVC light and you plonk it in the water in your, in your glass and then you wait the required length of time. And it is, it is shown to be effective. If we turn back to the type of devices in healthcare, Scott, you mentioned the non-continuous um, large, large uh, facility type uh, with high dose when nobody is present. And if you think about it in terms of a room turnaround time, if you're killing microorganisms that are, uh, for instance, a superbug, are highly infectious, that 10 to 30 minutes in a healthcare facility, uh, particularly hospital setting is obviously going to be uh, worth the time. If we look at some of the other devices, there are standing options that you will see in, often in smaller facilities. Um, again, some of these are, are, are intended to be used when nobody is in the room. Some of them are also mobile, so you can actually move them from one operatory to another. And there are also uh, smaller facilities with installed ceiling options. One of the ones that people like to uh, think about is robots. Uh, they don't look like Daleks, but they're uh, robots that are actually um, self-directing and they will also disinfect through UVC light. As you'd mentioned, Scott, there are some options now, some new technologies um, where they're intended for low dose exposure in an occupied space. So that's something new. Uh, if we think about air disinfection alone, you'd mentioned the shadows, um, and that's really important also with the perspective of uh, decontaminating surfaces. The other thing, if we think about what we've mentioned last time in our podcast on other methods of, of killing uh, microorganisms, is uh, the, it will only decontaminate a surface it can reach. So part of that was the uh, micro shadows and the shadows issue that you uh, talked about, but the other aspect is the surface has to be clean. You can't get away with doing nothing that you would normally do. You still have to clean and disinfect, and then this is an adjunct. If it isn't clean and you've got soil present, the UVC light will not penetrate that soil. So you're basically doing nothing. You have to make sure there isn't soil on the surface. So Scott, I know one of the other things was if you think about uh, other technologies as well, and the potential advantage of continuous what do you think about that? You know, I, I do think continuous uh, low dose UVC has some potential, meaning you know it's, it would be great if you could catch all of the organisms coming in as they came in and destroying them. My worry is just exposing people to UVC, you know, for long periods of time, even at low doses. We're just not a hundred percent sure of what the effects are. Personally, I'd rather use the high intensity ones for short periods of time, make sure we decontaminate and move on. 
but that, that's just my preference. I truly don't have any science to back that up, um, you know, as we're talking today. Yeah, and there certainly are other technologies available uh, should you wish a continuous system. Um, I think the other, the other um, aspect of the technology from all of the studies and research over decades is how UVC actually works. And it actually inactivates microorganisms. And in the case of DNA and RNA, it actually affects the DNA and RNA, breaks the chain. And in the case of virus, therefore prevents replication of the virus. Um, so those are uh, mechanisms of action for UVC light mm -hmm. um, if you're considering that technology. Uh, there's also data, I think we talked about this earlier, Scott, data on the time it takes to kill microorganisms using UVC. Mm -hmm. And really, it's going to depend on the microorganism. It's going to depend on the length of time of exposure. It's going to depend on the uh, wavelength of that UVC light. And, and so there are multiple options. What, some of the other options we talked about, I know you're aware of uh, from the uh, UVC system being used in your hospital. Yeah, th there's a lot of things you have to be careful of and including um, some, some vendors actually will help you do mapping um, that may or may not be important. I'm not 100% sure, but I can say you have to think about things that are including a lot of different things. As you said, what's the organism? What's the wavelength? What's the intensity of the light? Not, not all these emitters have the same intensity, some less, some more. What's the distance from the emitter? And we also talked about you know, shadows. You know, you might think, okay, let's say you have white walls in a hospital and uh, the UV light will bounce off the white walls maybe, but not enough to kill things on the reflection. So it really has to be that primary, you know, burst of, of the UV light that touches that, as Fiona said, clean surface. You know, it's not gonna get through dirt particles or anything um, in order to truly do well by this. Yeah, and so as we look at this technology and others, uh, the ones we've been talking about are all adjunctive. HEPA filtration is a great option. It filters microorganisms, but it doesn't kill microorganisms. The UVC light, when used appropriately and safely, will kill those UVC microorganisms, as will the technologies that we discussed that provide for filtration and a kill method in or out of a device. Mm -hmm. And so these are certainly all considerations um, if you're looking at adding an adjunctive device uh, beyond the uh, methods that you're already using for air and surface decontamination in one of your healthcare settings. Mm -hmm. And uh, with that, uh, we'd like to wrap up. We hope this has been interesting. Uh, it's certainly also relevant to superbugs, which we are going to be talking more about in a future podcast. And thank you very much for joining us.